Kia ora and welcome to this episode of the Amateur Austinite. This is the final one on the courtship, unless I convince Sean to do a sum up episode with me. Stay tuned. This episode is twice as long as the others. I'm really looking forward to see how they wrap it up. There has been drama every episode. It has not been very Austin. It has not been very Regency, but I have enjoyed it thoroughly. Miss Rumi talks about having had her heart broken before, that she falls in love easily, which based on this, I would agree with, and reiterates that she wants commitment at the end of this. That is why she's here. With her court, Miss Remy talks about Mr. Chapman, but I don't think they ever actually name him. Then they go into a rundown of the three guys who are remaining. Mr. Collins at the start seemed like a front runner. Then he disappeared a little. He is quite funny. They have a great time together. Then there's Mr. Bokikio, who she thinks is very genuine. He got the very first date. They've had something strong the whole way through, but I'm not sure if he's really into it. He seems like the obvious winner, but I kind of hope that he's not. I feel like either Mr. Judge or Mr. Cones would be better for her. Mr. Judge, they just talk about what a great guy he is. This episode, the guys get to plan dates in the real world. They're worried that the chemistry they have with Miss Remy might not translate. Also, that there's going to be a culture shock for them moving from Regency period to modern day. It's slightly concerning that Miss Remy, Miss Clary, and Mrs. Baker agree that if the guys don't have good modern style, it can be changed. Miss Remy's dresses are never terribly Regency, but you've got to notice that this one has a slit in the skirt, so it shows up above her knee when she walks. This is very scandalous. Unfortunately, it's not realistic for them to send the guys home for the dates. They do this on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. You have home dates and you get to meet their family and see them in their normal context, which I think is really important. In this show, they're going to be in England still, taking Miss Remy on dates So it's not going to be quite natural for them. It's not going to be places that they personally know. Miss Remy looks fantastic in modern dress, of course, because she's gorgeous. Mr. Pacquiao, I actually think the Regency outfit suited him better. The host calls it mustard turtleneck. Over lunch by the river, Mr. Pacquiao says that Seattle sounds great. He never actually says he's willing to move, though. You've got to remember, New York is a big part of him. But then he says he could picture her in New York. So it's not clear if they have a future where that would end up being. But he does say he sees a future with her and she reciprocates. They kiss by the river and that appears to be it. This big modern date, they go to a restaurant and have lunch, that's it? Mr. Judge takes Miss Remy for cocktails in a bar that I think used to be a church. They do a cute thing where they admire how each other looks, and Mr. Judge does look damn good. But this isn't any cocktail date. He's figured out what her favourite drink is, and then goes behind the bar to make it for her. This is impressive, and it's these little touches that really make a simple date into something that much more impactful. And I hope that Miss Remy is paying attention to everything that he's trying to do for her and everything that he knows about her. Turns out the drink he makes her is terrible. 
but they laugh about it. He asks if she could take anything back from the Regency experience, what she'd take. He wants her to say him, but she says, I want my family to be involved, and they end up laughing again. He helps her into a coat, showing that he's still a gentleman. Then he does some very ungentlemanly things that she very much enjoys. And she's giggling and thrilled. And she seems so much happier than she was after her date with Mr. Bokekio. And at this point, I want her to choose Mr. Judge. Mr. Cone's date is by far the best. Not only has he set up a planetarium for her to view the stars... But he set up the stars for a certain night. The night she was born. The stars over Seattle. Saying that were this a regular date, they'd be doing it outside near his place. This date is getting me emotional. He tells her she deserves the moon and the stars. And everything in between. And they're kissing on these cushions under the false starlit sky. It's beautiful. On the downside, he is wearing a truly awful shirt. Before they return to the Regency world, Miss Remy needs to choose which two of the three gentlemen will return with her. I'm hoping Mr. Pokekio goes home. He's always been a strong contender, but the other two have put in more effort in these dates and show that they know her and they care about her. Whereas Mr. Pokekio's effort is a little bit general. But her first choice to come back with her is Mr. Bokekia, and I'm a little bit disappointed in her. I mean, she did say earlier she's in love with him, so it would be a big deal for her to then reject him. But it seems like a bad choice. He's not into commitment. He's not into doing things specifically for her, and it seems like the other two are. There could still be a big plot twist. She might not choose him in the end. I'll be a bit dissatisfied if she does, because... He also seems like the obvious choice. Her second choice is Mr. Judge, and he's genuinely happy. I think he's crying a little bit, even. He is a good choice, but I feel bad for Mr. Cones. He was also a good choice. Mr. Cones and Miss Remy are both crying as they say goodbye, and I wonder if he just kissed her earlier and kissed her more often, whether he'd still be in the play. As he leaves, he gives the same advice as Miss Nazir, asking the guys to take care of her. He gets into his car and drives away. The others get into the carriage to return to the Regency world. Well, the TV equivalent of it. When they exit the carriage, they're back in the Regency gear. The court is there to greet them. In the same gear they were wearing at the last dance. Mr. Bokekio is pretty confident, cocky in fact. Toasting Mr. Judge, saying, may the best man win. The court's advice seems to be, Mrs. Baker says, go for Mr. Bokekio, but the others seem to be leaning towards Mr. Judge. Mrs. Remy says, we also need more time. They seem to think that she and Mr. Bokekio could just pick up and go and it would be great, but she and Mr. Judge would have to grow a little, and that could be good. I'm not sure why they compress this all into one episode. It could be two. It could be the final three in the modern world, stretching out some of those dates, seeing more details. And then the final two in the Regency world. Mr. Bokekio has arranged a surprise. They go for a walk in the garden. There's a bird's eye view of it. It's so beautiful. And there's a string quartet playing. 
but we then segue into Mr. Judge meeting with the Remy's senior. He wants to provide security for Miss Remy and also support. He knows she's got huge goals and he wants to help her meet them. They comment how great that is because some guys might feel threatened. Mr. Judge and Miss Remy have already spoken about the future and he wants to use her parents' example in raising their children, which they're quite happy to hear. They're really on his side. Mr. Rumi says, you just need to tell her that you're serious. And he's so genuine. I just hope this poor boy does not get his heart broken. Mr. Pokekio's surprise is all his feelings written on paper tied up in a tree. It works because Miss Remy's crying. Then they come across a blank piece of paper and he says, I have to say this to you. And he says he's in love with her too. I'm not sure why the episode just doesn't end there. They both do remember that Mr. Judge is still here, but I think they're just making noise. At some point during the show, Mr. Judge has learnt falconry because he gets the bird to come sit on his hand. It's carrying a key to a secret room in the castle, which they then go back to the house to look at. It overlooks the main lobby and you can see all the murals on the ceilings. Miss Remy is enchanted. It's Mr. Bokikio's turn to be drilled by the Remy's senior. They ask him what his plans are for the future. He wants to move in with Miss Remy. They point out times are different, but they only moved in together a month before they were married, and they make it clear their daughter will want commitment and bring up that in the past he's felt really uncomfortable about that word. And he's still not saying what they want to hear. He can't make any guarantees except for honesty. Mr. Berkikio says some roundabout things about feelings, but never flat out says, I love your daughter. He agrees to try to keep some of the Regency manners in their relationship, as Mr. Remy indicates that Miss Remy would like that. Mr. Judge takes Miss Remy into the woods, but not to murder her. He's got a little camp set up, and I think he makes her a grilled cheese sandwich on the fire, which is very impressive, considering also he lights the fire himself. Then he brings the conversation around to family, in particular the family that they want to raise together. Mr. Judge isn't scared off by Miss Remy's wanting three to five kids. He wants three as well, says that he'll spoil the daughter. And part of being a good father is being a good husband, bringing up his his usual refrain of, I want to be a good father and I want to be a good husband. He's hitting all the boxes that she wants him to. He's talking about kids, he's talking about marriage, and then he says, I don't need to go home, I can come with you to Seattle everything she wants to hear and then they're making out the last ball is called the diamond ball and all the women are wearing white which makes it look like they're wearing wedding dresses particularly because miss remy's dress has a train i'm not sure why they didn't have a bit before this with her consulting with her court then thinking about what they've said as she gets ready for this ball they've bought in extras for the ball which is great so it's not going to be just miss remy and the two guys the guys enter first and the court applaud as they walk in there's also applause when miss remy appears she makes an entrance she looks regal she looks bridal and obviously beautiful though to be fair i think she could wear a sack and look beautiful she's a stunning woman the remy senior tell miss remy that 
they have given their blessing to both gentlemen. It's her choice. They think both of them could step up for her. And they trust her to make a good choice. I'm surprised they didn't just cut this bit because it doesn't add much. Yes, you want to know that her parents trust her to make her own decision. But it's kind of unnecessary dramatics. It would be great if they said go for Mr. Judge because then she'd be really torn because the whole way through it's being flagged that she wants to meet with Mr. Bokikio. It doesn't add anything for them to say you choose who you want. Except, I suppose, to go against Regency Moors. Miss Rumi dances with each of her two suitors in turn. When she looks at Mr. Judge, she's smiling. When she looks at Mr. Bokikio, she looks like she's drowning in him. What her sister and friends say is just beautiful, like the whole world disappears. Mr. Judge notices this, and he's a bit concerned that if she does choose him, that Mr. Bokikio will always be the one that got away. So after her dance with Mr. Bokikio, Mr. Judge draws her aside. They surprise everyone by leaving the ball, which is very big no-no for Regency times. Mrs. Baker takes the opportunity of their absence to dance with Mr. Bokikio and grill him again. He says yes to commitment, he says potential future engagement, but he's not saying he's getting down on one knee right now. Outside, Mr. Judge reveals his heart to Miss Remy and inevitably is rejected, but he's in the appropriate place for the carriage to turn up and take him away. It's not fair. He's a lovely guy and he's said and done all the right things that she said she wanted. Mr. Bokikio has not been up to scratch, but he's going to be the guy that wins. This is something Miss Remy's actually aware of. She ends up crying because she wants Mr. Bokikio to propose and she doesn't think he's going to, whereas Mr. Judge would have. Miss Remy makes a brief return to the ballroom to collect Miss Bokikio. They go outside and look at where they had their first date. Remember, he was the very first date and reminisce and talk about the fabulous chemistry they have. And then out of nowhere, Mr. Bokikio actually proposes. I wonder if this was his plan all along. So it would be a big reveal? Or does he feel pressured into it? Miss Rumi doesn't care. She's crying. She kisses him. She hugs him and says yes. Turns out he didn't know that Mr. Judge had left. He wasn't sure he was the only guy. They go inside to tell Miss Rumi's parents. I think potentially she would have preferred if he asked their blessing first. Mrs. Baker and Miss Clary are losing their shit. They're so excited that Mr. Bokikio is the final guy. Then Miss Remy shows them the ring and they are screaming. It's so unexpected to everyone there. There's more tears from everybody involved and hugs. Miss Remy and Mr. Bokikio slow dance. Then they talk to the camera about going house hunting in New York and Seattle. So I'm a little confused whether they're going to have a long distance thing or have two homes. Then everyone goes out onto the lawn to watch the fireworks. The show ends with another false quote from Jane Austen. I have done the Googling for you, so you don't need to. About six weeks after the show, Mr. Bokikio broke up with Miss Remy. I'm not surprised but it still sucks. She said she still felt the same way she did about him as she did during the show, but 
he had said that he didn't feel the same once he was off the show. It's a real shame, but it's something that happens in these type of shows. You get caught up in the magic of what's going on and then trying to translate it to the real world. It doesn't work. Very few tend to stay together. All in all, it was enjoyable, but although there were surprises along the way, her and Mr. Bokikio's story was really clear most of the way through. There were guys that I wanted her to choose, but she did seem mostly into him with a brief flirtation of lustiness with Mr. Chapman and who wouldn't because he was very attractive. It's a shame that she didn't find who or what she was looking for. She went into it saying she really wanted commitment and she wanted marriage and someone that was going to settle down. And Mr. Bokikio had said the whole way through that wasn't him. And maybe he felt pressured into playing that role. That is my summary of episode 12 of The Courtship. I wish I had a happy ending for you. Next week I'm going to be starting Lady Susan and I'm hoping to have several different guests who have read Lady Susan with me. I hope you'd enjoyed this season of the Amateur Austenites. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. I wish you happy reading, real romance. Oh, and happy watching too. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!